episode six of Throw the Podcast, brought to you by the guys over at ThrowTheX.com. I'm Ben Conrad, along with my co-host from Detroit, Michigan, where all the trees lean south because Ohio sucks. He is live from I-75, ladies and gentlemen. He is Jay Gunner. What's up, Jay? Ben, how the hell are you? Great to be here. Really excited. Let's get this one going. Let's get this one going. Let's. We, we got a big show. Another big show. Um, we've got some uh, this week crown jewel Saudi Arabia controversy. We had a, a fairly entertaining episode of Monday Night Raw. We had SmackDown 1000. And we've got some spoilers from NXT, which we'll get to later on. We'll save that for the end. Um, let's start off with this crown jewel Saudi Arabia controversy. Jay, you're more political than I am. Um, let's let's shy away from the, the politicism as much as we possibly can. It's a wrestling show, but what's going on with that? Yeah, and you know, I don't want to inject too many too much politics into this because you know this is entertainment, and and politics and entertainment they they never mesh well. But okay, so Saudi Arabia, they're they're in a little bit of trouble. Um, a little bit meaning a lot. If you don't watch the news, what had happened was um, so there's a journalist that has been very critical of the the Saudi Arabian regime, the the royal family, the the things that have been going on in Saudi Arabia. Basically, he went to a Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey, and he was murdered. Um, he was interrogated, and then he was killed. And the, the fingerprints are all over the Saudi government for this. Um, without getting too graphic, I mean, this guy was basically dismembered, okay? He was chopped up. He, he was in pieces yeah, when they found like him. Yeah, uh, it was like a scene from, what's that movie with Liam Neeson? Uh, Taken, where he was over there in Istanbul, and yeah, gruesome stuff, but continue. Yeah, so basically all all signs point to the Saudi Arabian government being behind this, and of course with the WWE show being in Saudi Arabia a couple weeks away, um, WWE, a lot of people have been going after them saying, hey, why the hell are you guys hosting a show in a country that just did this to to silence a journalist. And the WWE is kind of in, a, in between a rock and a hard place here. Um, I mean, of course, they're still going to hold the show. and But a lot of people have differing opinions on this. I mean, our colleagues, if, if you look on the internet, other wrestling journalists, I mean, I've seen people going out there and canceling their WWE subscription saying, oh, by canceling my subscription, I'm showing my displeasure with the WWE actually hosting a show here. And um, my opinion on this is a little bit different. Uh, number one, I don't think that they can cancel the show. Look, they're they're contractually obligated to hold this show. And you got to remember that they're a business, okay? They're, they're expected to make north of $700 million by doing this, okay? Somewhere in between $700 and a billion by doing this show. This is something that they put a lot of time, a lot of effort into, and a lot of money. You know, advertising, a lot of their screen time is going towards building this. Now, I don't condone what happened. I think it's horrible. But I think people are taking out their their anger on in the wrong direction. I mean, expecting the WWE to turn around and just cancel everything they're doing, I, I don't even know if that's possible. Okay, you'd be burning a lot of bridges. And not only that, they're, they're not hosting this for the Saudi Arabian government. Okay, the WWE isn't a military contractor. They're not sending, you know, 
instruments of war to the Saudi Arabian government, then I'd understand it like, hey, cancel your contracts kind of deal. They're going over there to put on an entertainment show for the Saudi Arabian people. And I just don't see the correlation between the two personally. Okay, is it, is it okay to be upset? Is it okay to be kind of even horrified at, at what's going on? I mean, this is something from a movie. I mean, while this guy was not a U.S. citizen, I, I think they – I read somewhere he had a house in Virginia. Uh, he was a contributor to the Washington Post. He was not a U.S. citizen, but at the same time, is it okay to be really just appalled at this situation? Of course it is. But me personally, am I going to go out and become an activist over this? I'm not. Am, am I telling you how to live your life? Absolutely not. But that's where we need to differentiate, like you said, Jay, the entertainment aspect of this controversy from the political a- aspect. Okay. Now, I, I read a couple quotes. I actually watched a video uh, yesterday of, of Randy Orton. TMZ caught up with him at the airport um, where they asked him about it, and they asked him if it was the right move, and he said absolutely it's the right move. If, if WWE wants to promote change, then absolutely. You can't promote change by staying home was what Orton said. And now, I think Randy Orton was talking more specifically about cultural change, uh, women's rights, maybe, because then he went on to say that uh, WWE's already had their women performing over in Abu Dhabi not too long ago, and then predicted that women will 100% be performing in Saudi Arabia in the near future. Another one was uh, Kevin Nash. He was asked on Twitter if WWE should continue with the show. Nash replied, honor its contract, its entertainment, not a UN summit. And I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm not a political guy, um, and I'm not to say these things don't bother me, but a lot of people nowadays are kind of having a hard time separating the entertainment industry from politics. Everybody wants to be a politician. So that's where you have to ask yourself, Jay, um, and, and everybody listening out there, what's more important to you? Okay, wrestling's a hobby. Wrestling is something you do for leisure. Okay, activism is something to go out and and change the world. You don't have to answer that, okay, because you're still listening to me talk on Throw the Podcast, and that's all I need to know. Okay, so how can can somebody with this hashtag cancel crown jewel, which like you said, Jay, is a uh, contractual agreement, It's WWE trying to expand. How can somebody tell the WWE to do something for the good of for the good of humanity while they're sitting at home? It's I don't think it's fair to the WWE um, to to tell them to do something. It's kind of hypocritical. You know what I mean? Uh, Ask any business owner out there. You know, look at look at the tag on your T-shirt right now. I'm assuming 95% of you, it says made in China. Well, their human rights are much worse than Saudi Arabia. Now, you're not going out and buying a, a different t-shirt because of it. My point is, I'm not talking politics. Don't, don't take this as political, please, because I'm the least political person you ever meet in your life. Take this as me talking about separating entertainment from politics. We have to separate it. So relax. Enjoy wrestling. 
And if, and if you're one of the people that can't separate those two in your life, then choose which one means the most to you and then go out and do it. More power to you. What do you think, Jay? Am I being, I hope I'm not being too harsh. I hope I don't sound like I'm getting worked up because I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, this isn't politics. This is the opposite. This is separating the two. Yeah, I mean, right? Isn't that what we as as broadcast as anchors? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to kind of differentiate the important from the not important to kind of get people to come together and you know do you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's entertainment. I'm, I'm a little less than you on this. I mean, I I get people that won't want to watch the show because this means so much to them. But I I got a great example for you. Granted, it's on a much much smaller scale, but. Okay, so I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Anybody that watches the news knows that Flint, Michigan, had a pretty big issue these past couple of years. Uh, for the people that don't know, basically the city of Flint decided to switch their water supply. They went from the Detroit water supply to their own. And when they did that, they didn't do the inspections right. It turns out that the pipes that they were using were badly corroded. A lot of a lot of different stuff, mainly lead, ended up in their water. It it made a lot of people sick, including you know really small children, uh, unborn babies, things like that. So to me, this is the equivalent of being I don't know. Let's say you're in a rock band and you were supposed to hold a show in Flint, and then you saying nope, not holding the show in Flint because I want to voice my displeasure with the government. Well, guess what? You're not really doing anything to the Flint government. Okay, the the Flint government is going to be dealt with, you know, by bigger other governments. And the same thing with Saudi Arabia. The only thing you're really doing is you're punishing the people that had already paid to go see this show. You're, you're punishing your fans. And I, and I think that's kind of what WWE would end up doing. By them canceling the show, they're really not going to punish the Saudi Arabian government. I mean, if you think the Saudi Arabian government right now with all the hot water they're in gives a damn about a wrestling show... You're sadly mistaken. WWE canceling this does absolutely nothing negative towards the Saudi Arabian government. Okay, if you think it'll bring the Saudi Arabian government bad press, guess what? Dismembering a journalist is giving them plenty of it. Not hosting a radio show isn't going to do anything. And and I don't want to make this political like you said. It's just my opinion. All the people going out there and saying, oh, I'm, I'm canceling the network. It's like, what, what do you think that's going to do about a deceased journalist? It's not going to do anything. Yeah, I think we can all agree that what happened was, was terrible. Um, but really, this just happened at a horrible time for WWE. It has nothing to do with WWE. And I, I want to get away from the subject, Jay. Let's, let's talk about something on a, on, a, on a little better note. What kind of beer are you drinking, buddy? Oh, you know, I got, I got something a little good for you. Um, Forgot to ask you earlier. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, you almost missed beer of the podcast. And uh, I know that was, that's like that's like our most important segment. I know out of out of Three Floyd's Brewery, I got a little foggy geezer. It's a hazy pale ale, and of course, it is extremely delicious and probably one of the nicest cans you'll ever see. I mean, they they really did well with the artwork on these cans. I'm I'm impressed. It's a it's a hazy pale ale called Foggy Geezer out of out of where. It's out of. I'm not going to tell you. I, I'm. It's. It's just a beer, Ben. It's just a beer. Okay. All right. Anyways, moving up. Speaking of beer, uh, you're drinking out of a can, not a cup, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Not a, absolutely. Not a World Cup. Not a World Cup. I'm trying to trying to segue into my 
into my favorite talking point of the day, the World Cup from Saudi Arabia. God, I've already said Saudi Arabia more times than WWE has this week, haven't I? Hashtag cancel throw the podcast. It's going to be trending worldwide. Hashtag cancel throw the... Yes, somebody please start that out there. Hashtag cancel throw the podcast. I'll be the one to start that. We don't deserve to be on the air. What are we doing? World Cup. We had four participants announced uh, a week ago. We talked about them. It was Angle, uh, Kurt Angle, John Cena, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Orton. Now we've got four more. We've got Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, the returning Rey Mysterio, and The Miz. Jay, I'm going to ask you. I want I want to hear from you. Who benefits the most from a win here? And I also want to hear your opinion on who you would just like to see win. You're you're more creative than I am. So, well, I please tell me. You know, I mean, a creative direction really isn't necessary and and I think our answers are going to be pretty damn close together. Um, who benefits the most? I'm not going to give you a single name. You know, I'm going to give you two. It's the two full-time talents that are actually going through this. Okay, it's going to be The Miz and it's going to be Dolph Ziggler. All right, now I, I know you're going to get angry. So to give, to give you folks out there listening a little backstory, when, when we did our pre-show, I told them The Miz. Okay, and I, I told him why, and then he said, oh, no, man, no, man, it's, it's easily, easily Dolph Ziggler, and he laid out his argument to me, and now that the show started, I'm going to take credit for that, because he made a great argument, and he is so right. Uh, it- now, now b- before you continue, I just want to ask you, is it a coincidence, because you just, you said two names, The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Now, there are eight names in this tournament. Now, is it a coincidence that both names that you said are the two only full-fledged heels in this tournament with with respect to Randy Orton's kind of tweener, whatever Randy Orton has been for the last 15 years? I don't know. Is it a coincidence that the both names that you just submitted are the only two heels in this tournament? And here's where we're going to argue, okay? The question that you asked me is who benefits and who would I like to see win? You didn't ask me who I thought was going to win. Who do I think is going to win? I think it's going to be like a Rey Mysterio. Now, okay. the WWE themselves do- doesn't even know who's going to win yet. They haven't planned that yet. This was kind of, I don't want to call it a last minute thing, but it was, it was basically thrown together to get people on the air. Now, where we're going to argue is this to me is just a one-off. It is something that you are not going to hear about after it takes place. It is just like the Greatest Royal Rumble. Okay, after the Greatest Royal Rumble took place, you didn't hear about the winner at all. I I think there was one mention of Daniel Bryan breaking the record for the longest participant in history. And then after that... Who won the the, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Nobody knows, nobody cares, because it was a one-off. Was it? Okay. I, I, I remember the trophy being broken more than I remember who won it. I remember Braun Strowman snapping the thing in half on accident. You're thinking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal with that. Well, isn't that what I said? No, we're talking Greatest Royal Rumble. Okay, you're proving my point for See, me. My, hey, okay, I just made your point for you. I'm already confused. We're ta- There have been so many Battle Royals and Royal Rumbles and this and that, the trophy for this, the trophy for that. Okay, I'm making your point. Now, please continue so I can... Hopefully come up with a better argument. Yeah, my point, and now Ben's point, is that none of them mean crap. The The only one that means anything is the actual Royal Rumble. 
Okay, it, I mean, if you think about it, this King of the Ring style tournament that they're holding, it is just to get the people they need in front of the camera for the Saudi Arabian crowd. That is it, which is why I think the person that's going to win is just to give a pop to the show. I mean, look back at Super Showdown that was held in Australia. Everybody that was billed from Australia won. There was no real storyline progression. Now, granted, there's going to be storyline progression in this one. We we already told you about the whole Shawn Michaels Undertaker thing. Uh, Daniel Bryan Miz is going to go on with what is currently planned for the show. But I, I think this is just a one-off. They they want to put Randy Orton, John Cena, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio. They want to get them in front of the Saudi crowd to give the Saudi crowd something to cheer about. And I just can't see the WWE having a heel win it knowing that if a Rey Mysterio won it, they would get this huge pop. They'd send the crowd home happy, and I, I just think that's what they're going to do. Okay, and, and now I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Now, I just want a one-word answer from you real quick. Out of those eight names, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're looking at a uh, some sort of computer screen or something like that. I am. Because that's what we do here. Um, out of those eight names, who... The, the two, the two that I pointed out, the two that you pointed out, are heels. Now, what type of WWE superstar would carry that moniker, that gimmick, best in the world, better? A heel or a babyface? Who could use that more to their advantage? A heel or a babyface? One word answer. It's a heel. Okay. Now you're proving my point. Because WWE has been shoving this best in the world, these four words down our throats, Best in the world. I mean, for the last three weeks. Now, you're telling me that this is going to be a one-off. If if that were true, then why would they be spending so much time getting this, getting this across on television? Corey Graves, Michael Cole, the best in the world. Okay, the best in the world means something now because of how much time they've spent on it. Now... Look at your list of participants. Who is the only person there who is currently in a feud or semi-feud for a heavyweight championship? That is The Miz. Okay. He's technically not inserted into any storyline or any match, I should say, yet. But he is still feuding with Daniel Bryan. I guarantee he will be inserted into the, the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles storyline. Sooner rather than later, and the Miz will be in the heavyweight championship conversation. Okay, so now you've got the winner of this tournament, the best in the world. You're not going to put him up against the United States champion. You're not going to put him in a in a in a feud with Rusev. You're not going to put him in a feud with you know a, a mixed match, uh, mixed tag team challenger. You're going to put him with a heavyweight champion because they're the best in the world. So that's 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 where the Miz comes into play. The other one, Dolph Ziggler, like you said, he's repeat, repeatedly, I'm sorry, been called the weak link in the Dogs of War. Okay, the Dogs of War. What this will do for Dolph Ziggler is, at the very least, it saves him from being buried under this Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre storyline. Which I'm. It looks like the WWE is going in that direction. Dolph Ziggler. You might as well relegate him back to the cheerleading role. Am I right? I mean, you might as well go back to Nikki from the Spirit Squad. Or you have him win a tournament. Now he can call himself 
Not the weakest link. Far from the weakest link. He's the best in the world. You know, at the very least, it just kind of, it, it, it saves him. It saves him a little bit. Some Gives him some dignity, right? He is Dolph Ziggler. And the last thing I want to see is him buried again, like he's been repeatedly over the years. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 th- I think Dolph Ziggler benefits hugely, um, just as much so as I think that Miz would. But yeah, I think this is this is a lot bigger than what you're making it out to be, Jay. This isn't a one-off. This is something that is going to continue for weeks to come, uh, especially if it's a heel that wins it. Ben, I think you're thinking logically, and I think that that is a fatal mistake on your part. <laughs> Let me guess, because WWE? Because WWE. Nothing in the WWE is logical. Um, very rarely. Do they think farther in advance than the end of the show that they're booking? With a, a few exceptions that we're going to talk about later, but I would love for it to fold out to unfold the way that you're describing it. I just personally have zero. I don't think that the WWE creative will do it. That's all, and that's why so I think it's going to be you- a one-off. Are you telling us, Jay, that Ben Conrad is thinking more logically than WWE creative? I'm I'm telling you that Ben Conrad, after three whiskey sours, is still more logical than WWE creative. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Thank you. Actually, I have to correct you a little bit. I'm drinking uh, Jack Daniels and Diet Coke. It's it's like I don't even know you anymore. And but you were right on one thing. I have had three since we started the show. Anyways. Let's move on. I want to talk more about, you guessed it, the Dogs of War. I want to talk about the Dogs of War and their their breakup on, on Monday Night Raw. Um, they, they went from the opening segment of Raw, we heard Dolph Ziggler call them the best three-man group in WWE history, which I'm going to disagree with you, Dolph. I think the three-man band was awesome. But he called them the best three-man group in WWE history to completely non-existent, all inside of three hours. Now, I'm going to ask you again, Jay, who benefits the most from this breakup? I mean, somebody's got to benefit from a breakup. Somebody's got to lose in a breakup. Or or does everybody benefit? Or does everybody lose? Oh, I think this is an easy answer, too. I mean, I, I think it is obviously the Scottish psychopath, as he was referred to probably uh, 24 times during the actual show, Drew McIntyre. I I think he's finally being pushed to the main event, which we've been clamoring for forever. And, and, you know, if you've listened to our pod, our past podcast, we've told you, we told you that this was going to happen. We, we told you about the breakup and nobody was listening. No, but, but we told you, um, and that's exactly what happened. And it looks like Drew is finally going to get his main event push. He'll be opposing Braun Strowman. And that kind of leaves Dolph Ziggler in a, in a weird little place. Um, my only thing is, is with the, the Drew walkout, they're still tag team champions. Okay, they're going to have to drop the belt sooner or later. And they almost made the tag team championship an afterthought. Um, I kind of wish that they would have had him drop the belt before this. You know, to just kind of get them out of the way and just let the let the breakup breathe, because now, whenever their next title defense is, you're you're just going to expect it. You're going to expect them to lose because they have to because they're breaking up, and so they they left very little wonder to that particular part of the storyline. 
But uh, but yeah, I think Drew McIntyre is going to benefit greatly from this, and I think it's about time. Yeah, sure. If you've been following us the last six episodes of this podcast, I want to say thank you, and I also want to say you're the you're the people that know that Jay has been talking about this for six weeks straight. He, he's a he's a Drew McIntyre guy. Um, you, you knew the main event push was coming. It it probably should have came sooner rather than later. I don't know if this Dogs of War versus the Shield feud has helped. I, I don't. I certainly don't think it has hurt um, as much as I thought it would. He's kind of been. I don't want to say an afterthought to Braun Strowman. I think he's looked tough. I think they've the WWE has kept him from looking weak in this stable. Um, while Braun Strowman has obviously been the leader. I think they've done a good job at, at at not burying, completely burying Drew McIntyre or Dolph Ziggler, for that matter. Um, who benefits the most? You're right. Drew McIntyre. Why wouldn't he? He's in the main event picture now. He's not feuding for a title, but I'm assuming WWE is going with the route that they're, they showed on Raw, which is Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. And that's a main event right there. Because Braun is is over like Rover, healer healer baby face. He's over like Rover. Who will be hurt the most by this breakup? Eh, I'm afraid to say it. It's it's Dolph Ziggler. And who is continuously hurt by breakups, by by bad storylines, by uh, just WWE not having a route for this person? It's Dolph Ziggler. It's always Dolph Ziggler. The story's been the same throughout the years. Which brings me to you guessed it, Crown Jewel. Okay, the tournament for the best in the world, the World Cup. That's the only way to keep Dolph Ziggler's head above water. It really is. You got you got two out of the three now in a feud, the two big men. And then you got the third wheel, who you've been continuously calling the weakest link for the past month. How do you expect him to to swim without sinking if you don't give him that World Cup win? Ben, I think you've made your point. I mean, once again, I'm not telling you that it's a bad idea. I'm hashtag hair flick. Yeah, I'm, baby. I'm simply telling you it's not going to happen. Okay, agree to disagree. We'll talk more about that next week. We've got what three weeks till Crown Jewel? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, okay. I don't want to. We'll do our predictions the week before, like normal. I don't want to give give too much away right now before we get to our prediction us prediction episode. Let's talk. Let's move on to uh, SmackDown Tuesday night. It was SmackDown 1000. We saw a lot of returns. We saw the return of Truth TV, which was unnecessarily canceled after the first episode. We saw the return of Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, um, Evolution, Edge. We saw uh, the past uh, GMs of SmackDown, Teddy Long, Vicky Guerrero, and Johnny Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace. Jerry Lawler. Who else do we see return? Bray Mysterio. Yeah, Booker T was Can't on there. Ray. Um, yeah, we seen a lot of returns. Um, what stuck out to you in this episode, Jay? Was it was it kind of uh, thrown together like you thought it would be, or did it kind of flow? Did it make sense to you? Was it a good episode? I, I thought they actually did a lot better job with this than they did with Raw. And the one okay. that stood out the, the to me... The Raw 1000. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the Raw, yeah, the Raw one was, to me, was, you know, they just try, tried to cram so much into it that it didn't make sense. Um, the, the part that really stuck out to me, and 
it's not a big development, but it was the evolution segment. Okay, number one, Batista still can't cut a promo. <laughs> okay, but in his promo, I loved how they did it because we've told you for a while now that uh, Batista is looking to do his farewell tour. Um, that was always in the cards. We just didn't know when. And they kind of teased it. You, you saw the dissension between him and Triple H, you know, at the very end when he's talking about how great Triple H and he said, Triple H has done everything in this industry except for beat me. And then even at the end, you know, they kind of hugged out and then you seen Triple H kind of giving them that look. And that's what they're setting up. They're, they're setting up Batista's farewell tour. It's going to be Batista Triple H. I mean... My guess would be WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know if they have a timetable in for it yet, but God, I thought that was awesome. Okay. I thought, I actually thought that Batista's segment was one of the best on SmackDown. I really did. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Batista guy. I think he came into the arena, which I reports say he arrived late, um, which, which is weird. He lives in Washington, D.C., which is where it was held. Um, it, it seemed to me like Batista came in there. Everybody knows he hates talking on the microphone. He's made that perfectly known. He's not a promo guy. And I think, quite honestly, he expected the Batista chance. He didn't get him. He got Batista, he got Batista chance. You know, it was, it, it was favorable that he was in his hometown. Um, he got a great pop. I think uh, maybe Ric Flair is the only one who rivaled him in, in the pop department. But I think as his promo went on, you know, he went from Randy Orton to to Triple H to Ric Flair, and then he got a pop. You know, he talked about Ric Flair and his his bar stories, and he started swinging his arm like, you know, some PG-13 stuff that iTunes won't let me talk about. But I think after he got that pop, he, he seemed more comfortable. It just, you could see it in him. It just relaxed him. He said, wow, these people are actually cheering me. They're not calling me Bautista. And then he went on and on and on. And his surprisingly, his promo went on a lot longer than the other three. I thought it was good. I <laughs> I was entertained. I laughed at the Ric Flair thing. I thought the Triple H set up for a feud, which will happen, clearly. As a, you know, I've been alive 29 years. I've been watching wrestling for 25 of them. That's what they're setting up. I'm not stupid. Um, I thought it was a good way to do it. You know, I, I props to Batista. Good, good promo. Yeah, I mean, I thought that that was fantastic. I mean, there were some good parts. There were some bad parts. Uh, the Edge segment. You know, I love Edge. He he is easily in my top two favorite wrestlers of all time. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. It, it, We've it never just, talked about that before. Can you? Who's who's the other one? I'm gonna put you on the spot. You're gonna put me on the spot like that. Uh, number one. Man, would have to be Shawn Michaels. I mean, I, I think ninety percent of us out there would say Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels long hair or Shawn Michaels bald hair? Shawn Michaels long hair. Come on, is that okay. even a, a question? But no, it's not. I just I wanted to put you more on the spot than you already were. But I, I thought Becky Lynch did great during that segment. I just thought the whole thing was kind of kind of cheesy, you know. Um, Edge saying, oh, I've been down this path. You don't want to travel this path. It's like, well, guess what, Edge? 
your path made you one of the greatest wrestlers alive, cheered everywhere you go, a multi-millionaire, a Hall of Famer, like the year after you retired. I'm pretty sure Becky does want to travel that path. Yeah. You know, you know I think that segment was kind of just thrown together a little bit just to get Edge on TV, which Edge is, one, I mean, one of, if not the biggest face of SmackDown. Okay, so you had to get him on TV. But then to talk about being SmackDown's moral compass, that's not Edge. He's the rated R superstar. And then WWE had the perfect opportunity to bring out Christian. Okay, two best friends who have had their ups and downs. Becky Lynch and and Charlotte Flair, perfect opportunity. And you didn't do it. I don't know, maybe Christian had some prior obligations. I'll have to ask Thomas Fenton um, on that one. I don't know. Uh, it was a good opportunity. I, I think they kind of just, that segment was thrown together. They had a few more bright spots on the show, Jay. They had uh, some some title changes. They had the bar winning the, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You're a bar guy. Now now, now it looks like the bar has been raised with uh, with a third member, with the big show. Yeah, you're wrong kind of bar. I'm a, I'm a different kind of bar guy, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, they brought in some muscle. Um, I, I just think that you know, they, they needed a little change there. Um, they needed something for the big show to do. You know, he's just been kind of hanging out. Um, and they brought him in for that. That was great. And I, I want to point out, did you see Jerry the King Lawler's actual commentary during that match? Like, it was funny because a little box would pop up in the bottom corner every time that they went to his commentary. And he was just spaced out the entire time. Like, the very first time they did it, if you watch it, they, they flashed to him, and he's just staring off into the distance. And Booker T actually had to smack him, like, hey, uh, this, this is your time to talk. Yeah, you know, I did notice that. I'm not going to speculate as to why that was. I That could be one of those things where, you know, I just, I read, you know, through the, through the grapevine, I heard that Jerry Lawler was just called a couple days ago. Um, a couple days before SmackDown to come in and talk. I don't think he was fully prepared. I don't think he knew exactly what he was going to be doing. Now, I'm not going to speculate as to why that was, but what I do know is that Jerry Lawler was just called to appear on SmackDown probably two, three days before the show. So I don't think that he was fully prepared as to what he was going to be doing on SmackDown. Um, And so when it was kind of his turn to talk, he was... A little bit caught off guard, you know, um, which, hey, as, as an anchor of a show, I, I, I don't blame him. It happens. Um, Corey Graves saved him, which Corey Graves is fantastic at doing. But I don't I, I don't see anything, anything more than that, Jay. I think it was just him. Uh, you know, he, he needed a uh, get the get the ring rust, get the get the announcer ring rust off of him. Oh yeah, and I, I don't blame him. I'm I'm just saying it was comical, especially considering that they had the camera on him. You know, when when they were doing that, that's that's what made me laugh. And and he was still better than Booker T. Anyway, we had more stuff going on. This is, SmackDown 1000 was big, and I have a few things I want to talk about. We got Rey Mysterio going over Nakamura, uh, clean in his debut match, and then to end SmackDown 1000, they had to end it with the Undertaker. Right, the last five minutes, the Undertaker. Cut a promo. Uh, mind you, it was a very short promo. Uh, it was a another three-word promo. Rest in peace. I've got three words for DX, rest in peace, which has been The Undertaker's promo for the last 
God, five episodes of, of live TV. I don't know. I'm, I'm quite honest with you. I, <laughs> I love the undertaker. You had to have him on the show. It's, it's, it's SmackDown 1000, but to cut the same promo that he's been cutting for three years now, the nostalgia has worn off of Ben Conrad. I'm sorry. I, I love The Undertaker, but man. You know, Jay, when we were in uh, Orlando a couple years ago, watching him walk down that ramp, it took him about 45 minutes. That ramp was huge. Taking his gloves off, his hat off, and leaving it in the middle of the ring and walking off. Putting his fist up in the air. Exiting through the fog. That was nostalgia. That was good stuff. Now, it's not good anymore. It's... It's overkill. And I have a feeling we're going to see this up until Saudi Arabia the next three weeks. The whole rest in peace. You know, that's not The Undertaker's fault. That's not Mark Calloway. It's WWE creative. Give the guy something to work with. Do something. Give him another vig- vignette. Vig- Is it vig- vig- Pronounce that word, Jay. Vignette. Vignette. Give him another vignette with Kane. Enough of this rest in peace stuff. Okay, this, it's just, I don't know, this pod, this podcast, we're coming up on an hour. We're going to have to rest in peace soon. I, I, I do want to mention last week we had this segment called the Entrance Music Mashup, where we took three entrance songs from past or present WWE superstars, all women, in honor of the Evolution pay-per-view. Jay, do you want to give away who the three women were? Because we had no winners, by the way. We had zero winners. Um... You guys are, are horrible, but we didn't make it easy on you. Jay, do you want to give them away or do you want to save it for for down the road? Maybe we'll throw in a bonus. Well, we did have a lot of good guesses, though. So we, I, I we will did, give you that. We, 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 had, we had a lot of guesses with two of them, correct? Um, nobody got the third one. <laughs> Not a single person guessed the third one, um, which I think we need to – what we were doing was uh, – if you could guess the three songs that were mashed up in the 10-second segment, we're going to email uh, uh, two winners at random $50 gift cards to the online WWE shop. I'm thinking this week we carry it over, Jay. We do one random winner for $100. You know, I think with uh, Evolution coming up, I think that we hold it. We'll do it again before Evolution. Give the people one more shot at it. Okay. But 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 for a hundred, right? We can't do two for fifty. We got to carry it over. Yeah, yeah. You know, go double down on it. Okay, Jay. Can I borrow a hundred dollars so we can no, do this? No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. Okay. Anyways, so we'll do it. We'll do it next week, and we'll just we'll just cut this one off. All right, sounds good. So we'll save that one. We won't tell them who the three superstars were. Um, we'll save that one for right before Evolution, maybe during our pr- predictions episode. But we will give you guys another one this episode. We'll put both together. Instead of drawing two random winners, we'll draw one lucky winner for a $100 gift card to the WWE shop. Jay, imagine how many Finn Balor stand-ups you can buy with $100. With shipping, I'm guessing at least three. And, and Ben, could I give out another hint? If, if that's something you want to do. In honor of SmackDown 1000. All three of these have been superstars that have been contracted to that show. Ooh, wow. So there you heard it. All three have been contracted through SmackDown. 
All right. Again, feel free to rewind it as many times as you want, just as long as you have your submissions in by the end of SmackDown on Tuesday night. Um, directly message to Twitter at TTX Wrestling. That's at TTX Wrestling. Don't forget, it has to be a direct message. Otherwise, you're just going to let everybody else know uh, your picks, and that would be stupid. So don't do that. Uh, Jay, play it for us. Here we go. All right, there it was. That that was probably harder than the first one, actually. Uh, don't forget to make your submissions to at TTX Wrestling on Twitter. Let's get out of here, Jay. Let's close it down. Play me some music. What kind of music do you want to play today? You know, that smooth jazz was nice. I, I need something a little bit more up-tempo today. How about nice. we do... Britney Spears, how's that sound? No, no, absolutely okay. not. How, that was how about like a little... That, let's go punk rock. Punk rock. Okay, let's go with some punk rock. Play me off. The dogs of war.